Trying to grab all the groceries in one trip? Oof, not how you would have done that. You know sometimes less is more. Like when you drive less and save with the USAA annual mileage discount. USAA, get a quote today. All right, so check this out. I live in a small rural town on the edge of national forest land and I take daily walks around the town and into the forest. My kids, who are aged 10, 12, and 14, always go with me. It's kind of our thing. There's one specific walk that we take that goes down a dead-end street, into the forest, and then we come out on another street about a third of a mile away. There's a dirt trail that connects the two. Today, the walk felt, I don't know, different to all of us. It felt like we had never gone that way before, but we have many times. We kept stopping and looking back to make sure that we were still on the trail, which we were. Everything looked darker and foreign. We were all a little creeped out. I felt like this was in a new place that I'd never been to before. Then we started seeing no trespassing signs hung from trees, which we'd never seen before. The signs had obvious signs of age on them, so they definitely weren't new. And the signs were on ten or more trees that were all spaced out. I need to add, two years ago, most of our town burnt down, so the forest is all burnt trees with no foliage, making these signs screamingly obvious. We would have noticed them before. My gut told me to turn around, but I didn't want to scare my kids so we kept walking forward like we normally would. We eventually made it out to the street that we always come out on, but the strange feeling stuck with me. It's still with me. My kids told me that they don't want to go that way again, and honestly, I share that sentiment. Although I've never felt that way before, there was something off today that just ate at all of us. I wasn't sure where to post this, But I wanted to know if anyone has ever experienced something similar in a place that was familiar to them. Ah, the sizzle of McDonald's sausage. It's enough to make you crave your favorite breakfasts. Enough to head over to McDonald's. Enough to make you really wish this commercial were scratch and sniff. And if you're a sausage person, now get two satisfyingly savory sausage McGriddles, sausage biscuits, or sausage burritos for just $3.33. Or mix and match. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. If you're updating your closet for summer, you need dependable clothes that you can wear anywhere, whatever you're doing. And for that, you can look to American Giant. American Giant makes clothing of exceptional quality for people who want something more than the status quo offers. Whether you need to re-up on reliable everyday t-shirts, pick up a solid pair of shorts, or invest in a pair of durable jeans, American Giant is a better choice. They make everything right here in the USA, from start to finish. So when you buy from American Giant, you become part of creating jobs and improving local communities in towns and cities all across the country. And keeping things local ensures the kind of quality you'll feel and appreciate for years to come. Shop your new summertime closet staples at American-Giant.com and get 20% off your order when you use code WA23 at checkout. That's 20% off at American-Giant.com with promo code WA23. 
here's some context. I'm 27 now, but when I was in high school, my family was, let's just say, lower middle class. I came from a family of five kids, of which I was the oldest, so money was often tight. Despite being driving age, my parents couldn't afford to help me pay for a car, so my bike was the only thing that I had if I needed to get somewhere that my parents refused to drive me to. Now here's the actual glitch. We lived on the corner lot on my block. Because of that, we had a bigger front lawn that my siblings used to leave their bikes out on all the time. My mom used to get so pissed because my brother went through bikes left and right. She would always threaten us saying that if we didn't put our bikes away, they would rust or get stolen and she wouldn't replace them. One day, I got home from a friend's right before it started to rain, making it a point to put my bike in the garage as soon as possible. About 20 minutes later, my mom bursts into my room, screaming at me about my bike being out in the rain. At this point, I figured maybe my brother had taken my bike and didn't put it back, which he did do from time to time. I went outside and I found my bike laying on the far corner of our front lawn right next to the sidewalk. I walked my bike back up to the garage, pissed that my brother both took my bike without asking and then got me in trouble for it. But when I opened the garage, my bike was already inside, right where I had put it earlier. I stood there, just utterly confused with literally the exact same bike in my hands, same brand, same color, which was a purple Titan Wildcat mountain bike with handbrakes. It had the same everything. It even looked used just like my bike. To this day, I still have no idea where that bike came from. No one ever came by to claim it or say that it was missing. My siblings also to this day still claim to not be responsible for bringing it home. The bike is actually still hanging in my parents' garage right next to my actual bike. Thinking about this interaction often leaves me with a weird feeling of being watched. I choose to accept this as a glitch mostly because the alternative of whoever or whatever left this bike on my lawn being close enough to me to know what bike I rode and where I lived creeps me out much worse. Has anyone else ever had something duplicate itself? This was during the pandemic, 2021. I'm a 53-year-old female, and I work in animal rescue as a cross-border transporter, and I have a Nexus pass to get back and forth. The card is the same size as a driver's license, but it's kept in an RFID envelope to protect the data. One day, I was supposed to go back to the US from Canada, and I reached into the side pocket of my purse, where it's kept, to pull it out for crossing. The border was closed for regular traffic, but rescues could cross via commercial because having a pet is considered helpful for isolated people. So I reach in and my pass isn't there. Now, here's the odd thing. I had just put the pass in that pocket 30 minutes prior as I was bringing a load into Canada. I knew I had put it there because I checked before I zipped up the pocket. I'm paranoid about losing my pass, so I'm ultra careful with it. I'm trying not to lose my mind because I need to go back 
and losing your cool isn't helpful with border agents. I pulled over to the side of the road and methodically went through my purse. Nothing. I empty out my purse completely, looking at each item carefully to make sure that I'm not confused. Still, no Nexus pass. I searched the driver's seat. Nothing. I get out and I do a grid search of my whole vehicle. It's not there. I go back to the CBSA office to look around. I ask the officer that I dealt with. He tells me that he saw me put it in my purse pocket and then zip it up. I must be losing my mind. I thank him and then I leave. I check the car and my purse again. Nada. I even went back that night to see if the cleaners had found anything and still no. Meanwhile, I let all my rescues know that I can't cross. I don't know what's going on, but I order a replacement just in case. I'm stuck for a month, waiting for the replacement to show up, periodically searching for the card. It arrives, and after I activated it, I go to my purse to put it in the zippered pocket so that I know I won't lose this one. As soon as I open the pocket, there's my old Nexus Pass right there. While I'm holding on to my new Nexus Pass, I've turned that purse inside out looking for that damn pass and it was sitting in that pocket the whole time. I was actually relieved. I feel like I've gone and lost my ever-loving mind, now holding two Nexus Passes. I yelled at the poltergeist that must have been farting around because that pass was gone. I had other people looking for it too. Artifacts in the simulation, glitch in the matrix, whatever you want to call it. What pocket universe did it slip into for all that time? So, while this glitch is pretty simple, it demands some context. Some 30 years ago, before I was born, my great gramps got my grandma and grandpa this huge, super comfy couch, the type that's stigmatized as a dad's couch with a folding leg recliner and whatnot. It quickly became my grandma's favorite chair since her dad passed away not long after and it reminded her of him. At some point, my grandparents' dog made this huge scratch on the arm of it. This wasn't the type of scratch you could fix without redoing the whole outer couch, which broke my grandma's heart, but she decided to keep it anyway since it was still comfy and ignorable, just pretty ugly. I don't think I personally remember that couch being whole. Fast forward to around 10 years ago, my grandma is starting to talk about maybe it's time to replace it. We were all kind of sad at the notion since it became a permanent feature of all the grandkids' childhood, but we got it, and now it was also a bit of a reminder to the dog that passed away a year or two prior, which also made us sad. So she starts browsing the net for replacements. Then, one day, my grandparents, my parents, and my uncles, and us kids, well, I was 18-ish at the time, we had this lunch together to celebrate something. I don't remember what exactly, but maybe it was somebody's birthday? Anyway. So we were all out of the house. Lo and behold, when we come back, we find that the couch is whole. We were out for maybe two hours, not even enough time for anyone to take it, 
and to redo the whole thing, not to mention with the exact same fabric, which was now 30 years old. Initially, we all thought that maybe we missed something, like grandma getting it fixed, but she confirmed that we all remember correctly, and the tear was still there even when we left the house that day. So yeah, all this to say, a sofa was torn, and 20 years later, as it was going to be replaced, somehow magically fixed itself. It's just that literally my whole family was there. We saw it, and we're all still debating what happened to this day. To me, it feels like 100% a glitch. The sofa is still at my grandparents' house. Grandma's passed away since then, and now it's also a reminder of her. This is a recent story. So, I live close to an intersection of two main roads. Road A, heading north and south, and Road B, heading west and east. I live on Road A. On the corner of this intersection is a collection of three small shops that share the same building. I live two driveways up from that, which is roughly 250 meters from the intersection. My sister lives off of a service road of Road B, about 10 houses up, which is roughly 450 meters from the intersection. I know this is specific, but it's relevant. It's about a six minute walk from my house to hers. The walk to the entrance of the service road would be about a four to five minute walk. Not to mention, there's a relative incline at the beginning of road B. Okay. I had to run to my sister's house as she tends to borrow things without telling me and then forgets to bring them back. I needed to grab my vacuum. I went to get in my car and remembered that it was bin day. I proceeded to grab my bin and begin walking it to the side of the road or at the end of my driveway, there was a couple walking by heading up my street, northbound, away from the intersection. A man in a green tracksuit, which I thought to be quite the look for a man of his age, the woman was in a similar pink tracksuit. They looked to be in their later years, I'd say maybe late 60s. After a polite little back and forth, no go, no you go kind of a thing, I allowed them to pass first. I rolled my bin to the curb and got in my car and pulled to the end of my driveway to do a loop through two back roads to avoid traffic lights and cars and things like that. I've timed the trip. It takes approximately 1 minute and 25 seconds to make the car ride. I'd be happy to give it 2 minutes as it was 11 a.m. on a Sunday. As I turned left out of my driveway, I saw the couple had proceeded maybe another 50 meters before crossing the street, now from the left side, which we were originally on, to the right side of the road and stopped to look at some furniture that was on the street for hard rubbish collection. I proceed with my one and a half minute drive to my sister's when pulling into the service road, who do I see? The couple in their tracksuits now heading towards my sister's house. Now, I know it was them because again, I had to stop and let them pass as the service road is gravel and to avoid a large pothole, you need to drive slightly on the footpath so I have a good five to 10 seconds of taking this all in before I can drive past. I stop at my sister's driveway, very confused as I get out to open her gate, 
They walked past with no interaction at all. Even if it was possible that these people are marathon sprinters who were heading north and a minute later were heading west and uphill without breaking a single sweat in their 60s, covering a distance that even me, as a 27-year-old female, couldn't cover in that time. I had literally just interacted with them within minutes and they acted like I was a stranger. It's just like they were literally copied and pasted and I just can't work it out. I've gotten my sister to walk from the spot that I saw them towards her house from when I turned down the first side street and she can't make it there before me without breaking into a full sprint. So, to Mr. Green and his little pink wife, if you were a Usain Bolt in disguise, you got me. If not, the programmers have messed up. About two and a half years ago, my mom got a puppy. When he was old enough and had had his shots, I started googling local areas that we could take him. I found there was a forest with some paths nearby that I hadn't been to before. We decided to give it a try, so we went there and it was nice, but it was very, very hilly, to the point that it was even hard to get around as I'm disabled after having had a stroke. There were also a couple of field-type areas on the perimeter that were closed off with gates and inaccessible to the public. I managed to squeeze through a gap in a gate and get into one. It was nice. Not long afterwards, we went back again. It was completely different. I know it was the same place, as we went in through the same entrance with a big sign with the wood's name outside, but it was totally different inside. Those inaccessible, closed-off, fielded areas were gone. It was much less hilly, and there was now a totally different field, open to the public with a walking path that went straight through it, attached to the woods. The paths were all different. It was like I was in a totally different place. I still go there regularly, and it hasn't changed back. It really weirds me out, remembering what it was like the first time. And it even has a really different atmosphere now, too. For some context, I'm a university student studying abroad. I've had this one blue puffer jacket for a few years now, and I've worn it a lot. I know the brand and fit of that jacket very well. It's also waterproof, so... I wore it a lot at university since it rains there. One day, I'm walking back to my dorm with a friend wearing the jacket, and it starts raining. So I go to zip it up, and I realize I've broken the zipper off somewhere. As in, there's no zipper attached to the jacket anymore, so I can't zip it up at all. I remark something like, ah shoot, I've lost my jacket zipper. I love this jacket and now I can't wear it anymore. My friend says that she can give me some kind of keyring the next day so I can still zip up the jacket and wear it if needed, and she does. She watches me attach the keyring into the new makeshift zipper, and then she watches me put the jacket back in my closet. I avoided wearing it in lieu of other jackets for the next two or three months to avoid breaking it even more. When I'm packing to move out over summer and come home, I'm on a call with my mom and she tells me, Bring that blue puffer jacket you have 
You'll need it when we go on vacation. I tell her that I actually broke the zipper off a couple of months ago, and she says, bring it anyway. We can get it repaired. When I pull the jacket out of the closet to pack it, it's fixed. There's a shiny, intact zipper attached to the jacket. I put it on, and it zips up perfectly. It looks just like the old zipper, and I know for a fact it's the same jacket from the faded brand name on the inside and the threads on the sleeves. I thought I might have dreamt the whole incident, so I texted the friend that was there and gave me the keyring. But she remembers that too. I have no idea what happened, but maybe some guardian angel noticed how much I really liked that jacket. This glitch definitely weirded me out, and I wanted to see if anyone here has had any similar experiences. I was on the way to get my usual morning coffee and was approaching the first set of lights on my way. To my annoyance, a red car in front of me slowed down way too early and we both got stuck at the red light, which we definitely both could have made. I remember being really annoyed for a second and just letting it pass. The next thing I realized was that I was no longer stopped behind the red car and I was several minutes ahead of where I had been and at a different set of lights with a now different gray car in front of me. I looked at the clock too and it had only been one minute since I had last checked it, which doesn't make sense because the second red light plus waiting time would be at least five minutes for me where I live. I don't know. Maybe I just had a small blackout, which would be concerning to me, of course, but I don't normally experience blackouts. I felt like I blinked, and suddenly I was in a different location. Has anyone experienced anything like this before? It felt like a mini record skip, almost. A few months ago, I decided to ride via bicycle at night in the park and I've put my Android Xiaomi cell phone in a chest cross bag along with my apartment keys. When I stopped at the park and took my cell phone off the bag, the right interior corner was very damaged from the keys. It was very scratched and I got really sad because I don't use a protective shield and the damage was permanent. I sat there, very sad, and started sending voice calls to my best friend, relaying what had happened, and we talked about it. I even online searched for new screens on AliExpress, wondering how much they cost to exchange for a new one. I was very sad because I had been mentalizing my screen scratched and broken in the past few weeks since I was putting my phone amongst my keys, and I could have foreseen this and predicted that this would happen. I was very sad because I knew it could happen and it did happen the exact way that I was thinking. My glitch comes a few days later. I noticed my screen was back to normal and it only has one minor scratch that was already there before. It wasn't damaged anymore like the day in the park and it was completely normal. I didn't understand. so. I messaged my friend, asking her if she remembered the audios I sent her that night talking about the incident and how the keys 
left my phone scratched and that I was sad about it, and she did confirm that all of that happened. The only thing I don't understand is that keys are very difficult nowadays to actually damage a phone screen because of the Gorilla Glass, but I swear to all of you, I spent a lot of time that night sat on a park bench looking at the damaged corner of the screen. I even opened bright images on Google so I could look and analyze the damage that was done, and yes, I even did search for new screen replacements online at the time. I have no idea how my phone is now fixed. This is so weird because it's now happened twice in two different cars. I purchased nail polish along with a few other items and put them in the back seat of my car with no bag. When I got home, I emptied the car. A few days later, I couldn't find the nail polish, so I assumed I just forgot it in the car. I go to the car and specifically I check the back seat. There's nothing there. I then thought maybe I left it on the counter at the store. Then two days later, I get in my car and I look in the back seat. Lo and behold, my nail polish is right there in plain sight. There's no way that I would have overlooked it when I specifically looked there in that exact same location just days before. This person has another story in the same submission. I usually get into my house via the garage door opener. When I was helping my dad move, I was using his car, so I put my house key on a single keychain so I could have access to my house without my garage door opener. I used my dad's car for a month using this key daily. Then I gave the car back to my dad. I got home in my own car and I used the garage to get in like I used to always do. That's when I realized I left my house key in his car. I go back and search his car for my key and it's nowhere. I looked in the cup holder, the glove box, under the seats, I looked everywhere. My husband then searched the whole car as well, it just wasn't there. For the past year, I've been driving my dad's car weekly to take him places. He no longer drives, but he keeps his car so I can drive him around because his walker doesn't fit in my car. A year later, there is my house key, right on the floor mat of the driver's side seat. Plain as day, not hidden under the mat, just right there, as if it had been there all year long. Alright, so check this out. When I was six years old, my family bought our first black Labrador. We named her Magic and we were inseparable. When I was 18, she passed away from a heart tumor. I was absolutely devastated and I had a really hard time getting to sleep afterwards because she always slept in my bed with me. A year later, we got another black Labrador and then this weird phenomenon started happening. It should be noted that the new lab refused to sleep in my room. He didn't even really like going in there at all. He'd always look intently at certain spots and then quickly leave. I'd bring him onto my bed 
and tried to get him to sleep in my room and he'd jump off right away and cry to be let out. I sleep with my door closed so I know it wasn't him coming in later. One night, I was tossing and turning and all of a sudden, it felt as if someone had jumped on the bottom of my bed. It freaked me the hell out. Then, just like she would always do when she was alive, it felt like four paws were moving in a circle trying to find that sweet spot before the covers would just gently press down at my feet. This happened every night for weeks. I sort of felt like I was going insane, but one night it was really annoying me because it woke me up. So I said out loud, Magic, go bug mom. I was half joking to myself because I didn't actually fully believe that it was her, but the next morning over breakfast, my mom looks at me and says, You know, the strangest thing happened to me last night. I swear it felt like magic jumped on my bed, found a comfy spot, and then laid down with me. I'd never told my mom that I thought magic was jumping on my bed every night because I thought I was insane, but my mouth dropped when she said this. I told her how it was happening to me and that I had sent magic to bother her that night. We cried because we didn't want magic to think that we replaced her. Later that week, it just stopped all of a sudden and I told my mom that I hadn't felt magic jump on my bed the last few days. My mom told me that when I wasn't home, she went up to my room and told Magic that we loved her and that we will never forget her and she could never be replaced and it's okay for her to rest now. Ever since then, my new Labrador has slept in my room with me every night. I like to think that Magic gave him permission. My mom and I still tell people this story. We have no explanation for it and we like to believe that she came back just to spend a little bit more time with us and show the new pup how to be the goodest boy. Ghost stories can make you cry. When I was four, my dad bought me a brand new Xbox. It was one of the originals, the ruggedy black box from 2001 and we shared tons of wonderful times playing so many different kinds of games together. Unfortunately, we were only able to enjoy it for two years before he passed away. I was just six years old at the time, and it left me lost, confused, and heartbroken, as such things do. I couldn't even bring myself to touch that console for another ten years. It was simply too painful. Yet, when I finally did turn it on again, I noticed something very unexpected on one of the save files. It was on one of the games that we played most often, Rally Sports Challenge, a racing game that was actually pretty awesome for its time. Needless to say, that's the one I decided to revisit first. Once I began messing around in there, I found my dad's literal ghost. If you've played Mario Kart or any other racing game, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. When you select a time trial, your objective is to complete the race as quickly as possible, and the fastest lap time is recorded as a ghost driver. That means that each time you replay the trial, you'll be racing against a transparent copy 
of the fastest lap. Well, you can probably guess where I'm going with this. Yes, my dad held the record time, and I was able to race him again just like the good old days. Only this time, I was able to give him a real challenge. I replayed the same race over and over again until I was almost able to beat his record. The more I played, the faster my own time got, and little by little, I began gaining on him until it finally happened. The day came where I got ahead of it. I surpassed my dad's ghost. Well, almost. I made sure to stop right before I crossed the finish line. That way, I could ensure a piece of him always remained. Even though he's physically gone, at least I can still beat my old man in a race. His ghost continues to roll around that track to this very day. This story happened a couple of years ago. I had lost my great-grandmother to cancer a couple of years before this incident. I was in my room and I got up to go to my closet. I remember that I had something I wanted to find, but I didn't know where it was. I thought to check my closet because I have a couple of things stored in there. I was on the floor, rifling through my box of things, and I was dead set on finding this item because I really needed it. I don't remember what I was looking for, though. All of a sudden, I smell a scent. It was a light, good scent. It smelled familiar. As soon as I realized what it was, I froze in my tracks. It was her. I paused with my arms stuck in the position they were in when I was looking in the box. And terrified, I slowly turned around to see nothing. I even stood and walked a couple of feet out of my closet just to make sure that I really was alone. Honestly, all I could do was just stand there, frozen. I didn't know what to do or how to react. The smell dissipated not too long after I walked out of my closet. I have no clue what made her visit me of all people. I wasn't even thinking of her in that moment because all I was concerned about was finding the missing item. That was the only thing on my mind. Maybe it's because I'm sensitive to spirits, but how could she know that? Also, I wonder what took her so long. She visited me twice in my dreams after she died, but this was a while before the closet situation. I haven't smelled her since. I remember hearing her say years ago that whenever she died, she wouldn't bother us if she paid us a visit. And I see that she still kept her promise. My grandmother passed on October 25th, 2015, which was her birthday. The night before, my mom visited her in the hospital and gave her a stuffed kitty because my grandma adored cats. Her nurses said that she was stroking the kitty all night until she ultimately passed away in her sleep peacefully. The next week was filled with the legal side of someone passing, you know, death certificates, wills, setting up the funeral, closing accounts, selling and just giving away belongings. We hardly had a second to even mourn her. 
Grandma's funeral was held on that Saturday afternoon, and we buried her with her stuffed kitty. It also happened to be Halloween. My family unanimously agreed that we wouldn't be doing our normal Halloween candy activities for obvious reasons. We placed a bowl of candy outside at around 5 p.m. with our porch lights off to not cause too much disturbance, and we brought the empty candy bowl back inside around 10 p.m. At about midnight, I couldn't sleep and I decided to go downstairs to grab some water. As I walked down the stairs, I saw a black cat sitting at the bottom step. I froze where I was standing and I looked to the living room to see that my mom was still awake watching TV. I called out, Mom, did we, did we get a cat? My mom turned around confused as hell because she and dad do not like cats at all and said no absolutely not we both approached the cat and immediately this little guy is all over us he's adamant about being pet and i've never seen a more loving cat in my whole life we pet him for about 15 to 20 minutes and decided he was probably a neighbor's cat so we opened the front door and he walked right out without any hesitation. It was like he knew that we needed him for just that moment, and he left when his time was up. Weirdly, I don't remember mom and I having much conversation about the cat immediately after it happening, but the next day, we tried to figure out where the cat might have came from. He was nowhere to be found in the neighbor's yards, and we never saw him again. I like to think that my grandma came to us in the spirit of that cat to let us know that we did a good job laying her to rest and she's at peace now. My friend went to a campsite over the weekend. When she got back, she told me everything while completely shaking. She was staying on a campground in Burns, Tennessee. She told me that the cabins were separated from each other and everywhere in the distance was just trees. Each night, there would always be twigs breaking, but she couldn't see it because it was completely pitch black. She told me that she's a light sleeper, but not even the most quiet noise can wake her up, which she thought was very strange. The last night she was staying at the campground, she was asleep, like always, but then she woke up to more twigs breaking, but it sounded like that thing was right outside her window. She jumped out of her bed, grabbed her phone, and turned on her flashlight and looked through the window. She couldn't see anything, so she decided to open the front door of the cabin. As soon as she was about to tell me the rest of the story, she started crying. It took a while for me to get her to tell the rest of what happened, but... After a while, she was finally able to tell me the rest of her experience. She told me that as soon as she opened the front door, she flew back to the floor saying to herself, why was this thing here at this cabin every night while I was staying there? She stood up, slammed the door shut, and quickly locked it. She told me that as soon as she got back from that trip, she's been waking up at 3 a.m. every night. She started seeing glowing white eyes and a huge smile. She always turns the lights on in her room only to see 
nothing. Every night before she goes to bed, she thinks about that smile, saying to herself, who was that and why was I their target? The next day, we started doing research, but none of that stuff had anything to do with the experience that my friend Kyle had went through. This is a true story, and if you don't believe me, ask my friend Kyle. She still wakes up at 3 a.m. to this day. I haven't used Reddit in a while. I mainly use Twitter nowadays for my social media urges, but I didn't really know where else to put this, so I'm making my return. Last night, I got a call from a military buddy that he was looking for a ride home from the bar and didn't want to spend $30 on an Uber ride. I said sure, I was hungover myself and figured it would help to drive with the windows down and to get some air. It was probably 12.30 a.m., and I was driving around my neighborhood trying to take an alternate route that I hadn't taken before, but that I did know about. Basically, one that went through residential areas and stayed off the bigger, more populated routes. I didn't really want to fight traffic the entire way getting downtown. So, as I'm driving, everything was normal. I was listening to some random podcast about World War II, but then as I'm passing this one random house... A couple of streets down from mine, there's a kid standing in the front yard right on the edge of the road. To be honest, this doesn't sound that weird, but looking back at it, it was way past midnight and this kid was maybe 10 or 11 years old. He had on a red shirt, tan shorts, and sneakers with a blonde bowl cut. It was a totally normal looking kid. So as I'm coming up to this kid, I get to a speed bump and I had to slow down so I was able to get a better look at him. He wasn't playing, he wasn't running around, and there were no other kids with him. He was just standing, completely still, and meeting my gaze as I'm going past. Like, the entire way down the street, he doesn't stop staring. And after I had passed him, I keep looking at my rearview mirror, and he still won't stop looking at me. He doesn't cross the street or go back to playing around. He just keeps standing there, staring at me and my truck. On the drive back, I told my friend after picking him up about the kid, and he was interested, so I took him back the same way that I saw him, but the kid wasn't there this time. Fast forward to when me and my friend get back to my place, sitting in my living room, shooting the shit, just watching YouTube, and we hear this super fast but quiet knocking at my door, like so quiet my AC almost completely smothered the sound. It's about 1.30 a.m. at this point, and both my roommates are out of town for the long weekend, so I was kind of weary of answering the door. I peek out the window next to the front door, and I see that nobody's there. Honestly, this could have just been a tree limb hitting the roof near the front door, but in that moment... It was like I was having a heart attack, thinking that I was going to see the kid there. Later, when I was in bed, just laying there, I heard a few more random knocks in different places. My bedroom is right next to the front door and goes out onto the patio that the front door connects to. These knocks could have been at the front door or just in some random spot in the house. 
At this point, I was so tired I really didn't care to worry about it, and so I passed out. Waking up this morning, thinking about those knocks, it creeped me out a bit more, but just doing a walkthrough of my front patio, nothing was out of the ordinary, so I don't really have much else to go on. I know this isn't really the most bone-chilling story, but it kind of goes to show how creepy kids can really be with zero effort. Yeah, that's weird, dude. I don't usually use Reddit, so I'm sorry if this is weird, but I have a question and a story for anyone who can tell me what I saw as a kid. I remember the different occurrences I have had very clearly to this day. When I was younger, about five or six, I used to see a woman at night standing in the corner of my bedroom. I couldn't see her face when she started appearing, but it would make me very uncomfortable and I'd put the blankets over my eyes so I didn't have to see it and I would call to my parents until they would wake up and then come into my room. I remember telling my father what I would see when I first started seeing her. My father, who's very religious, uh, told me not to worry, that it was just my guardian angel. I remember trying to be comforted by that until it showed up again a few nights later. Every night, it got closer and closer. She was a very tall woman with black hair. Every night, She'd get closer and I'd look and I'd put the blankets over my eyes and again, I'd call for my parents. I stopped doing that when she was standing over the edge of my bed. I then would just cover my eyes and try going back to sleep, too scared to say anything. Before anyone says sleep paralysis, I was able to move my body and turn over when I'd cover my eyes, so I don't think it was that. And one night, the night I remember her the most was the scariest encounter I've ever had, and every time I talk about this, I get very teary-eyed and panicked, but I still need advice on what people think that I could have seen. I've been questioning it for years, but this night when I woke up, I didn't see her at the end of my bed, so I remember rolling onto my left side and seeing her directly face to face with me. She had no expression on her face. She had no eyelids. She had a pale face. and She was staring directly into my soul. I remember the scream that I yelled. It woke my parents right up and they ran into my room. I broke down as a five or six year old and described to my parents that I saw the woman again, but this time I told them in depth how she looked. What six year old is seeing people with no eyelids? I had no idea what ghosts were. I wasn't allowed to even know what horror movies were. So how the hell could I even imagine something so disturbing? I'm still living in this house, but I'm 19 now and I never saw her again. Does anybody have any ideas? Hey there, fellow Redditors. I'm here to share a spine-tingling tale of my encounter with a ghostly entity, or multiple ghostly entities. It all began when I moved into this old, cozy house in a quiet neighborhood. 
Little did I know that it held secrets beyond my wildest imagination. From the moment I stepped inside, a peculiar energy, that's a hard one, a peculiar energy enveloped the place, making my skin crawl. Strange things started happening. A flicker of movement from the corner of my eye, unexplained sounds echoing through the halls, and objects seemingly shifting on their own. At first, I dismissed these occurrences as mere figments of my imagination, trying to rationalize them away, but as the days turned into weeks, the activity intensified, leaving me no choice but to confront the inexplicable. Late one eerie night, while lying in bed, the silence broken only by the creaks of the house, I heard it. A whisper, soft and faint, carried by an otherworldly presence. My heart skipped a beat as I strained to catch the words spoken by an unseen entity. Though their voice was barely audible, it seemed to call out my name, echoing with a mix of longing and urgency. Determined to uncover the truth behind these spectral whispers, I delved into the house's history. Countless hours were spent researching, speaking to locals who knew the area well, and poring over dusty archives in search of answers. Slowly, the puzzle pieces fell into place. A former resident who met a tragic end, their spirit lingering in search of resolution. Armed with this newfound knowledge, I embarked on a mission to communicate with the unseen entity, to offer solace to their restless soul. Through late-night conversations, I began to understand their pain, the unfinished business that bound them to our world. The encounters continued, growing more intense and tangible. Objects would often move of their own accord, doors would slam shut with an eerie force, and an icy chill would settle in certain areas of the house. Shadows danced and flickered, seemingly alive with ethereal energy. Though fear gripped me at times, my insatiable curiosity and compassion propelled me forward. I sought the assistance of seasoned paranormal investigators, and together we explored the depths of the house armed with various detection devices, hoping to capture evidence of the otherworldly. Our investigations yielded chilling results. Audio recordings that captured disembodied voices, whispers from beyond the veil, and photographs that revealed mysterious orbs of light, their presence defying explanation and sparking wonder. Yet, amidst the chilling encounters, a deep sense of empathy grew within me. I realized that these ghostly beings were not malevolent entities, no, but remnants of lives once lived. They yearned for acknowledgement and for understanding. With careful research and heartfelt conversations, I pieced together fragments of their stories. Each encounter brought me closer to understanding their pain and helping them find the closure they desperately sought. Now, for all you brave Redditors who wish to venture into the realm of the supernatural, I offer you a ritual a symbolic gesture of connection with the spirits. Light a white candle in a quiet room, close your eyes, and softly speak words of compassion and understanding. Open your heart and mind to the possibility of their presence 
acknowledging their existence with respect and with kindness. But let me remind you, dear friends, to approach this ritual with caution and respect. The spirit world is a realm we can never fully comprehend, and it's essential to tread lightly to ensure your own safety. So, dear Redditors, if you ever find yourself face to face with the unexplained, approach it with an open mind and a compassionate spirit. Within those whispers in the night, you might just catch a glimpse of the profound mysteries that really surround us all. As my journey with the supernatural entities unfolded, I couldn't help but wonder if there was a way to help them find peace. I sought advice from experts in spiritual practices and discovered a ritual, an amalgamation of ancient traditions and personal intent, which some believed could provide closure for those restless spirits. With a mix of excitement and trepidation, I gathered the necessary items, which was a bundle of sage, a small vial of blessed water, and a piece of amethyst said to possess protective properties. Taking a deep breath, I entered the most active area of the house, the room where I had felt the strongest presence. In the dim light, I lit the bundle of sage, letting the fragrant smoke fill the room, and with each waft, I visualized negative energy dissipating in a calming aura enveloping the space. I sprinkled a few drops of blessed water around, symbolizing purification and renewal. As the room became infused with the delicate scent of sage, I held the amethyst in my hand, feeling its cool energy grounding me. With a steady voice, I spoke words of compassion and release, addressing the spirits that resided within the house. I acknowledged their pain, I expressed my willingness to help, and I offered them the freedom to move on from their earthly attachments. A profound stillness settled in the room, as if the very air was holding its breath. The sensation of being watched eased, replaced by a sense of serenity. Whether it was the power of the ritual or a shift in the spirit's energy, I may never truly know, but in that moment, I felt a gentle, intangible presence the weight of unresolved emotions lifted, replaced by a subtle gratitude. In the days that followed, the paranormal activity gradually subsided. The once restless spirits seemed to find solace and began to fade into the ethereal realm that they belonged to. The house, once fraught with their lingering presence, now felt lighter, more peaceful. Reflecting on my experiences, I realized that the ritual was not a definitive solution for every haunting. Each encounter with the supernatural is unique, and finding resolution may require a diverse range of approaches, but the ritual served as a catalyst, an opportunity for understanding and healing to take place. So, dear Redditors, should you ever find yourself immersed in a world of unexplained phenomena? Remember that compassion, respect, and open-mindedness can bridge the gap between our realm and the supernatural. Explore with caution, seek wisdom, and above all, let empathy be your guide. 
and sharing my story, I hope to inspire others to embrace the unknown, to look beyond the veil of our perceived reality, and to approach the mysteries of the paranormal with a sense of wonder and genuine connection. May your own journeys into the realm of the supernatural be filled with profound experiences, intriguing discoveries, and maybe most importantly, a deep appreciation for the interconnectedness of our world, both seen and unseen. Trying to grab all the groceries in one trip? Oof, not how you would have done that. You know sometimes less is more. Like when you drive less and save with the USAA annual mileage discount. USAA, get a quote today. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.